Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning on in. Plenty to get to here in the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. And we'll start off this one. We got ourselves UFC 264 coming up next week as Dustin Poirier is taking on Conor McGregor. And no no title on the line. Um, And I've made my points known on that. I, I feel like Dustin Poirier is very deserving of a title shot. Uh, I understand that he was offered one when it comes to this bout, and he chose to go with the the payday. And I think that this is an interesting week where we can get into a bunch of stuff with that, uh, especially with the Francis Ngannou news that went down this week, and you know, basically the UFC deciding to put him on the shelf because he didn't like where things were going in negotiations for his next fight, and with Poirier. You know, this is crazy. I mean, you're talking about he he said this this week in an interview. It's like he either gets pay-per-view points or he doesn't. And that's uh, determining whether or not you want to fight for Connor or if you want to fight for the belt. It's just a little bit wild. I just feel like the number one guy should have the opportunity to fight for a title in his fights and not have to choose to fight the cash cow. Um, but it is what it is. Look, we're here. This is the fight that... Uh, this is, I think, a, a really, really fun fight. Trilogies are always fun. It's an easy sell, especially when you have a trilogy that is evenly matched in the in both results. Like, you know, we have the uh, the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder trilogy about three and a half weeks away. Not exactly as compelling because. You know, Tyson Fury has won the vast majorities of the of the rounds. Um, he dominated the last fight, and all we've really gotten are a bunch of like crazy conspiracies from Deontay Wilder. So, not many people are really into this trilogy that's coming up, and it's not really one and one. It's like one zero oh, and one, but kind of leaning like it could be two and zero, oh, but it had a crazy ending the first fight. This one's just straight up. It's one guy knocked out one guy, one guy knocked out the other guy. Let's see what happens the third time around. But I really do think that this is Dustin's fight to win. I really think that he's just the better fighter right now. I truly believe that. Look, Conor McGregor, it's tough talking about him sometimes because he... You know, he's become so polarizing and it does, 
you don't want to feel like you're kicking dirt on a guy who did such amazing things in the sport. Connor, you know, is something the sport's never going to have again. His initial rise to fame, I don't know what's ever going to match that again. I don't I don't know. Like the 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 KO predictions, the steamrolling everybody, the beating the legendary status guy in Jose Aldo. I don't know who's ever going to do that again. I don't I don't think it's ever going to be done again. So um it it just you always want to respect how great and how important the guy uh was to UFC, what he meant for how much value that company held and what, you know, and, and just how special that was. But, you know, was is kind of the the key word there. And I do feel like Dustin has just been a much better fighter for a while now it's not that if you were to match up their resumes all the time you know connor's got the gold connor's got the millions ultimately as a fighter that's what you want but i just think as far as like who has the better resume as of the time connor knocked out jose aldo to now it's it's Dustin Poirier. You know, he's had more high-profile wins. He's been in tougher fights. He's been in um, more fights. You know, he's just he's just been a lot more active. He's had championship headline fights that have that have been huge. Um, and just beating some really really high-caliber guys looks like he's getting better. Doesn't look like you could ever break him. I mean, outside of Habib Nurmagomedov, who beats everybody, and he almost got him. So. I'm just looking for in this fight, what do I feel like Connor can get the job done? You know, uh, speaking this week, you know, I was uh, speaking with a guy, Lex from Titan FC, and he was like, well, you know, Connor's really good at rematches, and he thinks that he's going to get it done, and he has a close relationship with Dustin. And um, and I, I respect, I respect, like, I mean, Lex, Lex knows more fight about fighting than I do. I mean, hell, he runs a damn promotion and I respect what he's, what, what his opinion is on that. That's fine. But I just think that one, you're putting a lot of stock into something that happened with Connor five years ago with the Nate Diaz fight, a whole nother weight class, a whole different fighter. Um, and really over this period of him you know struggling with his record where ever since he won the UFC lightweight championship his losses to Habib as a win over Donald Donald Cerrone who looked really really rough and Dustin Poirier it's not much to pick from I give you that because he's not very active he's an uber superstar there was a pandemic thrown there in the middle of it um I get all of that stuff, and those are those are all fine things if you want to talk yourself up as a Connor fan and you want to believe that and you want to believe that Mystic Mac is going to come back and he is going to do incredible things against us at Poirier. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, the guy, you know, still can, can come up with some special stuff. I'd like to see him use his kicks a little bit more. I'd like him to, to, to be a little bit more vintage. Um because honestly, I think it's his best shot. I really think that if this guy goes in there and he goes into uh, a fight where you're going to come basically down to hands, he doesn't have better hands than Dustin Poirier. Uh, he may have a better left hand. He may have a, a better bomb when it comes to just a, a one-hitter-quitter shot. 
sure. I mean, we've all seen what, what he's been able to do to certain guys, especially, you know, you think about what he did to Dustin seven years ago, what he did to everybody in that featherweight division. But I've just, you know, with Connor, I just don't think he's ever been quite as good as he was at featherweight. You know, there's been a lot of talk about who's the greatest featherweight champion of all time. And the only real knock that Connor ever gets against him for that is he never defended the belt as if you don't think he could have defended the belt at 145 pounds. No, I mean, like the guy went up, he won the belts at 145 pounds. He wanted to go to 155. The whole swerve happened the way it did with it. You know, Dos Anjos getting hurt. Nate Diaz, we all know the story. But I really, truly believe there's never been as good a fighter at 145 pounds as Conor McGregor. I don't think it's Max Holloway. I don't think it's Jose Aldo. I think he takes the crown there. I really do. And that's just that. You know, and and, and if you want to come up with me, well, what's your what's your evidence? He's never defended the belt. It's like, yeah, well, he's also he also knocked out the guy who reigned over that division longer than anybody, and he knocked him out in 13 seconds. And people always say, well, uh, that's a fluke. That's a lucky punch. The fight's the fight. The fight's the fight to me. You know, like you could do it over five rounds. You could do it over 13 seconds. It doesn't really matter to me. Like the fight, you guys had a competition. You had you had trained several months for the fight, and that was the result that we got. And, 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 and in my mind, the results matter in that case. But ever since he left that division, he's just been a little bit less special. You know, I think that he was the best on earth at that at that weight class. And I don't think we've seen that guy too much really ever since. Because the Nate Diaz fights, you know, they were very back and forth. That's kind of the only rematch we can go off of. And the Nate Diaz, uh the Nate Diaz rematch, I still think Connor won. I don't think you know, some people think that uh some people think that 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 Nate got hosed. Obviously Nate thinks he got hosed. I thought that Connor deserved to win that fight. But it still wasn't the most perfect performance of all time. And it's a guy against Nate who, you know, some will label a journeyman. I know others will look at him as a, as a legend and, and is, and, and could do no wrong. And, you know, he's, he's, he is a, he is a superstar, no doubt, especially because he is the man who kind of ended he is the man who ended the Conor McGregor meteor when it was, uh, when it was at its highest flight. But, you know, I just think that the guy isn't as good as he's been for a while. Now, one thing that I think is good for him going into this fight is that this is the quickest turnaround that he's had since that rematch. And what I mean by that is, you know, he uh, he went into that that 2016 and, you know, it wasn't he, he had the whole the whole break and and whatnot. But, you know, the Nate Diaz fight happens and then he fights him again just a few months later and then turns around and fights Eddie Alvarez a few months later. And then the whole Floyd Mayweather thing happens. So what I think Connor fans can take as a plus is, okay, he's getting right back into it. He's fighting fairly soon thereafter. Seven months after, it's not that big of a layoff. Connor Barrera is going to be right back in there against the same guy sharpening his tool sets i'm sure being prepared to not get calf kicked but the questions that connor has always had and the flaws that connor have always, ha, has always had i still think the dustin poirier can go exposed because you you have a very it feels with connor you have a very fine window 
on when he can go win the fight because while I say he's always been while I say he's always been a a uh, a special fighter 145 pounds he's also probably the most special one or two one to two round fighter that we've seen in the sport and if it gets past that or even just halfway through that second round stuff gets dicey for him it does he burns out quickly you can call it cardio you can say uh the punches don't have the same snap whatever um I just think that these are things that have always been true with Connor. He's not been as good as the fighters have gotten bigger, and he's not as good as the fight goes on. And Dustin has been better as he's gone up in weight, and he's better as the fight goes on. That's just, these things are true about him. Their entire careers, no excuses, no timeline, no nothing. Connor can still land that bomb and, and maybe piece up Dustin. Maybe Dustin just doesn't have it on that night. Or maybe Connor, who's a very smart fighter, can make the adjustments. But I don't think he's going to. I think that Dustin's going to get this thing done. I think that I could actually see the fight going a little bit longer because I do think that Connor will show some new wrinkles. I do think that he'll come in because it's a quicker turnaround in better shape. Um... Maybe with a, uh, a couple new bags. But I think that ultimately, I think it's probably going to lead to these guys slugging back and forth a little bit longer. And I just think that the longer that this fight goes, the worse it gets for Connor. I really, really do. I don't think that this is going to be one of those things where if Dustin goes in there and all of a sudden, you know, Connor gets through two rounds. Dustin's going to be like, oh, no, I didn't get him out of there. Dustin's going to be like, okay, cool. I'm just getting warmed up. You know, like that's that's the type of uh, of savage that the guy is as a fighter. So, and, and, I, and I truly do believe right now he's the best 155er on the planet who is active. Khabib's obviously the best. I think Oliveira is, uh, is an absolute beast. I think Dustin's a little bit better, but... I just think Oliveira can definitely beat him and has a, a ton of bag, a, a ton of tricks in his bag to go and, and and make that fight happen. He's well-rounded. He's a Swiss Army knife. You can't count him out in any championship fight. He's just got too many ways to win. He's got he's got too many ways to win, and he showed his durability in the last fight against Michael Chandler too. Um, he's an absolute savage. But for me, I think I, I really think for for Connor. It's going to be interesting because if he doesn't win this fight, where does he go from here? And, you know, I think Dustin said an interesting thing this week to uh, Brett Okamoto where he was saying that, you know, I don't ever count out Connor's will or any of this stuff because he doesn't have to do this. You know, there is a level of him where you got to respect him as a competitor because he is making this fight happen. He is stepping into the octagon. He is going in there and, uh, and, and, wanting to do this when he really what did he just sell proper 12 for hundreds of millions of dollars i didn't know i don't know what the exact figure was i think they said it was 600 i know all that doesn't go to him but let's just say let's just say connor made made a a hundred million dollars let's just be you know safe on it let's say he made 50 million dollars you know just to be safe on on liquor even though he probably made way more than that um the guy doesn't have to do this he doesn't have to fight anymore and Dustin, you know, is pretty open that this is going to be the biggest payday of his career, which is great. 
And I think the thing that's going to suck for Dustin is I, I hope that if Dustin gets these two wins over Connor, it's not looked upon as, well, Connor's washed and, you know, he doesn't get the McGregor rub that Habib Nurmagomedov did, a Nate Diaz did. Because the thing that's going to be crazy about it is he's going to have twice as many wins as those guys do. But those guys, when they beat Conor McGregor, they skyrocketed to the moon. You know, Habib became a big star. Nate Diaz, big star. And if Dustin Poirier wins this fight, it would be some kind of uh, ironic that if he were to beat him twice, that he almost would probably like dim the light on it a little bit just because people are going to be like, okay, Conor's done, done. Even though... Dustin is a better fighter than Nate Diaz is. And even though Dustin is um, been one of the best fighters at this weight class, which has been, you know, labeled the best weight class in UFC, he's been outside of Nurmaga Madoff, the best guy at this weight class. So I don't know, man. Um, I just look at this fight coming up this week. I just don't see, I don't see a lot of uh, scenarios where, I think uh, Connor's going to win just because I think Dustin's better at this point in his career. And I don't think that's a knock on Connor. I think Dustin's tremendous. Uh, if he does, look, I'll be sitting here and uh, I'm sure I'll get a bunch of uh, of Ireland in my mentions and they'll say you always, you, you never, you, you never doubt Mystic Mac. And look, if he comes back and he wins this fight, it's going to be huge for him and it's going to be huge for the sport. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll be back on his ride to the title. Maybe he'll go up and wait and fight Hamara Usman. Who knows? But I think he's got a tall task in front of him. A tall task against a guy who whoops ass. And uh, I'm taking Dustin Poirier to win this uh, trilogy fight and uh, take the 2-1 advantage going into his uh, championship fight against Charles Oliveira. We'll take a quick break. A lot of fun stuff to get to on this card as well. We'll take uh, So we'll get to that stuff on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I want to continue on. UFC 264 next week. Good card uh, coming on up, especially uh, especially the meat of the order. I uh, Obviously, we talked about the main event uh, previously, but I like the co-main event, man. I'm very intrigued by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Gilbert Burns uh, for a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons. One, uh, it's the first time we've seen Gilbert in the octagon since his knockout loss to Kamar Usman, which was, what are we talking now? We're talking six months ago where he went and uh, and, and uh, lost to Kamar. Really had him, I think, uh, clipped and hurt in, the, in, uh, in, in, was it the first or second round of that one? And uh, and Kamar ended up uh, putting him away. I think, yeah, I think he got him in the first round, then it was almost put away in the second round, then uh, was put away, put away in the third round. So, uh, put him in danger there a little bit, but, uh, the fun ride that he was on at welterweight where he was, uh, really steamrolling and, and got himself a, a great opportunity to the title just by saying yes. Um, now he has the opportunity to bounce back. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is you now we talked about this with the, the main event where Dustin, he wins this fight. He's likely fighting Charles Oliveira for the championship. I would say if Connor wins, he's probably fighting Charles Oliveira for the championship. I think for this one, I wouldn't say this is a two-way street. I don't think that if Gilbert wins, he can get himself back into the good graces of getting a championship fight against Kamar Usman. But Stephen Wonderboy, you know, the welterweight division is in an interesting spot right now because you have Kamaru's reigning supreme over everybody. He 
is supposed to fight Colby Covington. It seems like that's the, the vibe we got from Dana. But we don't have an official announcement. We have rumors. We have stuff that's out there, but we don't have an official date on it. I wonder, I am wondering if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, could he swoop in here off of, if could he swoop in here, could he have one of those vintage Wonderboy KOs, you know, something that's just really, really spectacular, you know, uh, you know, something like he did against, uh, John, you know, Jake Ellenberger, something like he did against Johnny Hendricks. Could he do something in that realm where it's people's like, oh, Wonderboy back. And I want to see that because the Kamaru Colby fight's good. It was a great fight. It was a great fight. I thought it was 2-2 before Kamaru put him away in the fifth round. Some people had 3-1, whatever. It was a great fight. You know it was a great fight no matter how you had it scored. And I think for Kamaru, he's a guy who seems like he's looking for new challenges. You know, he's as he said, he's been more active than his challengers have been. And I think that's a fair criticism. That's why I said... I didn't really have a problem if they threw him a Nate Diaz. I, I think that now it's tough now because Nate just lost to Leon Edwards. But at the time when I was in Jacksonville and I was at the, the Vistar Memorial Arena and he's there with the belt and he's fresh off of knocking out Jorge Masvidal cold, you think to yourself, this dude deserves something of, of whatever he wants. He deserves a little bit of new blood. Now, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is not new blood. He's old blood. Um, he, he He's been around, but at least he's... Newish, newish blood with this certain championship matchup. Everybody knows that he's good. You know, he's he's got a resume that speaks for itself. Beating, you know, the likes of Rory McDonald, beating a Jorge Masvidal. He's beaten Vicente Luque, Jeff Neal. Both guys very respectable. Um, his Darren Till fight was razor razor thin, and it was a, a fight where where Till even missed weight. So, I mean, his only real knock that's weird is the, the losses to, to Woodley. And they weren't very exciting fights. They weren't great championship fights. And then, of course, get knocked out by Pettis, but he's avenged that. He's, lost, he's, he's won two, two straight after that. So, I'm just wondering, really, from this moment, it's not really so much a prediction because I don't really know who wins this fight. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Wonder Boy because I think he's got enough of the arsenal in the tool bag where you're going in there against a guy who just got knocked out brutally. I think that he could do some things that really, really will keep Gilbert hesitant and, you know, we'll, we'll make it a very tough fight for, for uh, Gilbert to want to get off and get off his shots. You know, maybe he goes in there and he just throws willy nilly anyway, but I, I think it's a tough guy to come back against. If uh, if you get my if you get my drift with that one, so I think for Wonder Boy this is an interesting one because I really do think that Kamaru is looking for something that wets his whistle, gets him a little bit excited. And though Wonder Boy is not like this big box office draw, he is more established than Leon Edwards. He's been in the. Uh, Nobody, nobody ever thinks you're gonna have a, an easy fight taking on Wonder Boy Thompson. And quite frankly, like if you're Kamara, it's, it kind of goes to the. Um, you remember when like Stylebender uh, said he wanted to fight Yoel Romero, even though Yoel was coming off of losses. But you're like, yeah, but he's still, but he's fighting Yoel Romero. Like you're not gonna not give him credit for fighting Romero because it's a tough fight. Nobody ever wants it. Same thing with Wonder Boy. It's like, yeah, we've already seen him in the championship picture before. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but. He's coming off, if he wins this fight, it would be three straight. 
And you're never going to not give a guy credit for fighting Wonderboy Thompson. Like, he's a badass. He's, he's, he's one of the best in the world. So I think it's an interesting one. I think it's an interesting, an, an interesting storyline going into that. I think that it's possible that he could swoop in there and, uh, and possibly get a title fight. The other one that really interests me is really the, um, is the is the fight in the middle of, of the of the main event? That's a heavyweight match between Tai Tuivasa and Greg Hardy, and this is an interesting one for a, a couple of reasons. One, Greg Hardy is uh, is coming off of a uh, off of his first. What I would really say, you know, I, I do a thing on my uh, on on my regular sports show where I, I talk about true wins, true losses. Right, you lose to the Denver Nuggets second night of a back to back on a road trip. It's a legal error. It's not a true loss. All right. You have a game where Jimmy Butler doesn't play and the other team beats you. Eh, it's a loss, but it's not a true loss. You know what I'm saying? So for Greg Hardy, he really didn't have something you could look upon and say, that's a true loss. You know, if you look back on his career, you're like Alan Crowder. Remember that? That had the illegal knee uh, when he lost uh, with the inhaler thing. It was a win for Hardy, then it got overturned, so that's no contest. Then you had the Volkov, which was a fight I think he he earned a ton of respect because Volkov was top 10 in the world. He flew to Russia. I think he did that fight on like three weeks' notice and uh, I think earned a lot of respect. This last fight against Marcin Tybura, first true loss of Greg Hardy's career. You know, TKO'd, beaten, um, you know, it's uh, there's no there's no asterisk you can really throw up there, you know, so that's an interesting thing that Greg Hardy has to bounce back from. You know, he is uh, he's he's I would say had a kind of an uneven mixed martial arts career in that there's been a lot of weird stuff, but he's gotten some wins. You know, you think about a guy who's not been doing it that long. He's in the UFC. He's got his record to what is he? He's at seven and three. It's a respectable. It's a respectable record. Um, it's not like the the most beautiful resume in the world. But look, I'm sure there's a lot of people who thought, "Hey, this guy's a NFL NFL uh, defensive player. Uh, what's he gonna do in the sport? Hey, he's made a career out of it, dude. He's been doing it what now? Three. This is his third year doing it. You know, it's uh, and so you know, I'm not. This isn't the give Greg Hardy his flowers show. I'm just saying it's an interesting it's 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 an interesting point in his career in that you know he's a guy who talks a big game he's like I'm going to be the Michael Jordan the crossover athlete all that look I'm just going to see you know is he going to be a contender is he going to be any good at this you know what I mean and uh, this is an interesting spot where he finds himself because he's taking on a guy in Taito Ivasa who I wouldn't say is in uh, was in the same place as it because I do think Ty burst onto the scene. You know, started nine and zero. You know, everybody really loved this guy. He's doing the shoey. You know, I, I feel bad for him because I've been seeing, you know, like uh, around uh, Twitter, what's making around the rounds. Oh, fans around uh, big league ballparks are drinking out of shoes. He stole that from Australia, bro. The Australians been doing the shoey forever. It's a thing. Beast had to do one back in the day. We made him do a shoey. We had Tatui Vasa on the show back in the day. He told us about the shoey. We've asked other Australian athletes about the shoey. That's their thing. You're stealing it. Either way, it's fine. You can steal it. I don't think they have a problem with you guys doing the shoey, but at least acknowledge and give credit where credit's due. But he himself, you know, he got off to this hot start and then he ended up 
he lost uh he lost three straight fights lost to Junior Dos Santos which I think if he would have won that fight he might have been like into the title picture and you know it was one of those things where the uh the savvy vet the you know the savvy vet got him and beat him up pretty badly in the second round um lost to Blagoy Ivanov and that hole in his stomach and then uh and then lost another one where he got submitted and you're like all right well is this is this train over for him? Now he's come back and he's won two straight. Beat Stefan Struve. Very uh very uh good win for him. And then beat uh I don't know this dude, Harry Hun Hunsucker, but he knocked him out. I mean, like good for him. So I think it's an interesting one from this standpoint. I don't think it puts Ty back into contention quite yet, but I think once you get that three fight win streak back in your mind, then they can go and give him another contender to say, Hey, where are you at with this? So it's an interesting fight for both of them. Um, I'm going to lean tie. I just think that I've seen this guy with a, a little bit, uh, higher class of competition, have some success and, uh, you know, Greg Hardy is, you know, Greg Hardy can, can, can definitely get you. And he's got that. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude and he, he really is. Um, you're like, you know, I, I, I could imagine being in a cage with Greg Hardy. It's gotta be pretty intimidating, especially early on because, He's winging some real bombs at you, but you know I, I do think that he is one of those guys where the gas tank gets uh, gets get gets uh, empty pretty quickly on him. In that he's just not as dangerous. Not that he can't go win. I mean, he's been the distance. He's won Nunes decisions before, but he's just not. He's just not as dangerous uh, once you get past those those early stages with him. So uh, I'm going to lean tie on that one to 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 get the win and. Uh, should be an interesting one. And then uh, let's see. You got I Irene Aldana against Yana Kunitskaya. That's a fun one. And then Sean O'Malley is taking on uh, a late replacement as uh, his opponent went down. But Sean O'Malley, always an interesting one. They got him doing the uh, the media rounds next week. So uh, we'll see what happens for the Sugar Show, who was able to, uh, as he says, uh, remain undefeated. But... In all honesty, you know, that win over Thomas Almeida was a big one for him. You know, him going and getting that win to eradicate what happened against Chico uh, Vera was uh, was was big for him. And, and you know, he's still fairly young. I mean, he's 26 years old. He's going to be 27 in October. Still a lot of growth that can happen there with, uh, with Sugar Sean, for sure. But uh, it's a fun card next week, man. Very, very enjoyable. As far as uh, the the entire slate is concerned, um, I want to get into this. So a lot of people have been asking my thoughts on the uh, the interim title that was announced this week. So Derek Lewis, he's fighting Cyril Gain for the interim heavyweight championship of the world. I say this on its face. I like both of those guys as fighters. Uh, I would say I'm more of a Derek Lewis fan. You know, I'm like the uh, the uneducated, love the slugger. He's hilarious. What's not to love about Derek Lewis? Um, but I don't get it, man. You know, I, it's just one of these things where with with Francis, you have this guy, right? You've been wanting Francis Ngannou to be heavyweight champion for a long time. I mean, they were doing when Francis first had a Stipe fight. They were talking him up. This is UFC Drago. This is the unstoppable force. He's a monster. The knockouts that he had against Alistair Overeem. I mean, it was a, it was like something out of Street Fighter. 
cross with Mortal Kombat. We have been waiting for Francis Ngannou to be heavyweight champion for a long time, man. This is what we've wanted. And, you know, I had Dana White on, what was it? I guess probably three weeks ago, when it, whenever the last pay-per-view was, before the uh, before the three-title fight. And, you know, unprompted, we were talking about Oscar De La Hoya, and unprompted, he was coming out there and talking about Francis Ngannou being upset about not making the money that the YouTubers are making. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, I wasn't, I didn't ask him about the Francis Ngannou thing. I figured he'd been asked ad nauseum about that, whatever. Um, but he brought it up. And I was like, eh, that's kind of a, th- that's kind of weird. But, you know, he's going to, he's going to hose down his heavyweight champion. That's, that's, that's a strange deal. I'll never understand why, uh, Dana goes this route with this stuff. You know, it's just, it's just a weird thing to me that, he is, he's the dude, you know, like he is, uh, he is, he's, you know, probably outside of, you know, outside of Connor right now, he's the biggest star in the sport has been forever. You know, it's, uh, it's everybody, you know, when he says stuff, people want to see what, what the, what the boss has to say about the sport and all that type of stuff. But these feuds that he gets into, with his fighters sometimes it's just strange to me man and uh the need to go over the top with stuff is is just strange because francis should be a cash he should be a cash cow for you you should be happy that a guy like that is uh going to be headlining heavyweight championship fights for you for years to come i would think and to go the route of ah eh, let's put him on the shelf Let's let them watch uh, somebody else get the heavyweight championship wrapped around their waist. And I don't know, man. I just think it's a strange way to go. Like for me, all the fa- if you asked 100 MMA fans right now, if you could have one fight, what fight would it be? And I would venture to guess 90 of those fans probably would come back at you with, John Jones versus Francis on it for the heavyweight championship of the world. Maybe there's something else that they got for me. Maybe it's a Habib versus Connor too. Maybe it's a Habib versus GSP. Maybe it's a, you know, Kamara versus Namaga Madoff. Some kind of combination of that. But I think right now the majority of fans would come back and tell you, I want to see a heavyweight championship, undisputed heavyweight championship fight between John Jones and Francis Ngannou. And we've done the John Jones thing on this show. We know his history with the UFC, not great as far as the tumultuous ride, the arrests, the suspensions, the drug tests. You know, in some ways, I can almost get the UFC looking at John Jones and being like, really, dude? You know, I, I can kind of hear their hear them out on that because they've been through a lot of BS with John. But on the other side... You finally have a fight that I think can really bleed into the mainstream that doesn't involve Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey. And it's been a long time since you could say that. How many fights right now can you say that about? They, they thought they were going to have that with Stipe and, and Daniel Cormier back in the day. Didn't really happen. Daniel and John did. Daniel and John had that appeal. Um, but there's not 
too many where you could really say anymore, unless it has Brock Lesnar crossover. If it doesn't involve Brock, Connor, and Ronda, you know, who over the last, hell, I'll give it six years, who has, who has had that ability to say, bam, that's a bar none mainstream million dollar plus pay-per-view fight or million buy paper, whatever the, whatever the term is. Um, this is it, man. And probably more so, and probably into the 1.5 range. And maybe, maybe if you did it right, the 2 million range, if you, if you did them and then put, you know, something even, even sicker on that card too. Um, to do this to Francis is bull crap, you know? Like, he just won the title three months ago, and you're having somebody else fight. First of all, there's definitely been champions who uh, who have sat longer than that. He sat longer than that when DC and Steve were figuring their things out, and he was fighting Jarzinho Rosenstrike. It just makes no sense to me, man. And, you know, and, and all respect, but, like, how many, how many even UFC fans have seen every second of Cyril Gaines' last three fights? How many? I feel like one of them was like at four in the afternoon because I think I was flying somewhere when he was fighting. So I just think it's, I, I think it's a, a stupid, stupid move by the UFC to do this with, uh, with Francis Ngannou. Treat your stars like stars. I get it. Nobody wants to hear these guys bellyache about money, but your your solution is, ah, never mind. We'll just have somebody else fight for your title. It's just very weird. We're back after this. All right, welcome back. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Much appreciated. Thank you for uh, getting to it. I saw, man, I saw this week that, that Riddick Bowe was uh, going to be doing a, a deal with celebrity boxing. Man, I hope they just take it easy on Big Daddy Bo, man. Big Daddy Bo, it's, it's, it, it is, uh, I mean, just a, just a sweetheart of a dude. No need for this to happen. I, I really hope that this is something where he is just uh, moving around the ring and, and, you know, almost like a squash match. Like, put him in there with, like, I don't know, dude. Somebody that can't hurt him. I, I, I don't want to see anything with that, uh, anything with that, with that type of, uh, bad stuff that could happen to him. Uh, this week, Triller announced that they are uh, starting a, an MSG boxing series, which is going to be interesting. So they uh, they are heading on over to uh, to do something at Madison Square Garden, a monthly boxing series. It's going to run Tuesday night, and uh, it's going to be up in the theater, the Hulu Theater. And they're going to have Michael Hunter, who was supposed to be on the Cambosis versus uh, Tiafima Lopez card. He's going to be facing uh, Mike Wilson, and it could be a WBA title eliminator. So we'll keep an eye on that. But anyway, the uh, the TFM Lopez George Cambosis card that seems like it's going to be uh, postponed even further. We talked a little bit about this this week. I've kind of beat that fight into the ground. So when there's new news on it, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Uh, I saw this week Mikey Garcia Regis Progress are in the advanced talks for a a showdown at junior welterweight 140 pounds, which would be kind of cool. Regis Progress had a great video this week where he is running, he is doing his road work after what he claims was just a run at Tootsie's. It's, it's a really hilarious video. I would go check it out at uh 
I would go check it out on his uh, his Twitter account. But it was it was really really fun. Shout out by the way to our guy Xander Zayas on the boxing side. He was named the uh, the mid fight uh, prospect of the year by ESPN, which was uh, was really cool. They did their mid season awards. They did. Canelo Alvarez, best male fighter. Clarissa Shields, best female fighter. Best fight was uh, Chuck Lasito Gonzalez against Juan Francisco Estrada. That was a really good fight. A really good fight. Uh, best knockout was Oscar Valdez knocking out uh, Michael Burchalt. And uh, but Xander, you know, eighteen years old man. He looks uh, he looks absolutely phenomenal. Great kid, great head on his shoulders. Got a lot of shine his last time out too. So I keep telling you guys this something uh, for local. If you're looking for something to uh, tune into, and you're looking for some uh, a great local story to uh, a great local story to follow, Xander's the dude, man. He's uh, he 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 is that dude. I don't know how the hell he's gonna keep making welterweight because he's a he's a behemoth for that size, but he's doing it. He's disciplined. He's working hard, and uh, is just uh, just a sweet uh, a sweetheart of a dude outside of the ring. But uh, mean mother bleeper when he's in the he's he's between the ropes. I mean that's for sure. So shout out to him for getting that uh that honor this past week. Really really cool for him. This week uh you had Floyd Mayweather. He started training uh Tyron Woodley. They posted on social media. Tyron Woodley was uh, lacing up the gloves with old uh, Floyd Mayweather. He says, uh, bank robbery in progress. Y'all bleeped up. And uh, that fight is going down. When is him? Him and Jake Paul is in August. They're taking each other on. So that's going to be, uh, I'm out of, I, I am honestly, I can't believe that I've gotten to this point, but I am actually interested in that one. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, I'm not one of these ones where I think Jake is, uh, completely out of the water on this one like i think that he is uh we're in too deep a water i should say you know people keep going with the uh oh well you know he's finally taking out a guy he can punch back and that's true i mean you know we have not seen for example like you know not to 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 get cliche with the mike tyson thing about you there's always a plan to get punched in the face but we really haven't seen jake paul in a situation where somebody can punch him back that he in, in other words we haven't seen him in a position where he can face a ton of danger in there. And Tyron Woodley can put your lights out. He can do that. But um, you know, this is this is a this is still a guy who we have not seen look very good in combat sports in a while. It's just it's just been a while for 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 Tyron Woodley. And he's also a guy where he uh He's also a guy where you, you wish like he if he threw a little bit more. Now look, if he can catch Jake on a mistake, if he's a little faster than Jake and he can pop him with something, yeah, maybe that he's in he's in trouble. But you know, I think Jake Paul's going to be bigger. I think that um, there's going to be there's going to be some things there that will give Woodley issues. I think we'll give Woodley's issues. Like I, I think we all watch Jake Paul, and even I, I keep saying this, like. With Jake Paul thing, I don't know how good he is. I don't. I don't know where this all ends up, but it it takes it. Dude, it does take something to flatline people the way that he does and put his punches together the way that he does, even if it's against bums. So, you know, a lot of uh, 
you know, for a lot of guys, when they're when they're making their way up the rankings, they're taking on guys with terrible records, you know, guys who don't have an element of danger to them because you just want to see the work that you put in and be able to put that output. Now, the question is, what will it be like when he is having stuff fired back at him? How tired does he get? How worried does he get? How much does it throw him off? How much does he dislike getting hit? All that type of stuff is going to be interesting stuff that uh, that that you know Tyron is going to be more equipped in uh, in, in giving back to him than uh, than other guys. But I think that you know the one thing that the the Ben Askren fight I guess showed is that all right you know the whole idea that just because you've been in there with tough guys doesn't mean that you could survive against this particular guy if you especially are in a different sport. So. You know, I don't know what the Mayweather thing is going to do for him or not. I think that it's a cool thing to have in your back pocket as far as, like, you know, all access and 24-7 and all that type of stuff. That's cool. Uh, and certainly, I'm sure if Floyd is part of the promotion, I don't know what kind of hand he's going to have in it. I don't know how much money he wants to make Jake Paul. But, you know, uh, certainly with the, the gotcha hat element to it, you got something there as well that uh, that people, uh, that, that they'll definitely have plenty of footage to uh to, to roll it but, but, but uh, don't forget to, to credit it cor- uh, correctly when you're putting certain footage up there I'm just saying you know just just letting you know with uh with that show time you know no pressure or nothing I'm just uh, just throwing it out there you know don't be bums about it speaking of guys angling for the Paul brothers I saw this too so Rashad Evans sugar Rashad Evans uh who in a lot of ways is like he, I, I don't know what the label I want to put on him on this but he's like He's like the godfather of like South Florida boxing as far as like just like everybody loves the dude down here. Um, you know, think about all the guy like Kamaru Usman sleeping on his couch, Izzy Adesanya, all these guys who have had success like have been uh, helped along the way by Rashad Evans, which is just a really cool thing. The guy's just as as decent as they come. But he said that he's coming out of retirement and uh, he's com- committed to competing in MMA or boxing in the near future. I can't imagine that he's going to be in the UFC. Um, I would say, actually, I don't even think that's. Uh, I think he's. I think he was out of, out of contract with them for a while. He's apparently angling. Uh, he wants to fight. Uh, he wants to fight Logan Paul. He wants to fight Logan Paul, and so um, he said that he's angling to either fight Logan Paul or Roy Jones Jr. Um, I, I got to say though, with, with Rashad, man, I just don't have, uh, it's been so long since we've seen Rashad Evans be successful in combat sports. I just, I don't have the big appetite to see him fight anybody, uh, especially like Roy Jones Jr. Like the only guy in mixed martial arts I'm really want to see Roy Jones boxes Anderson Silva because that's kind of been a thing forever about those two is him versus Roy Roy Jones versus Rashad Evans like you're talking about like two of my favorite fighters I don't want to see them fight at this age I really don't um him versus Logan Paul like I don't know man I feel like that only ends badly for him um you know, I think right now, like if you're gonna if you're gonna call out Logan Paul, you better be damn sure that you're gonna go knock him out, because as we've seen the way he's spun the Floyd Mayweather fight, it's uh, if you don't if you don't get the knockout against these guys, like 
they're going to make it be a bad look against you. And so, look, you're going to make a ton of dough, I would think. I don't know how much Rashad Evans brings, um, how much he brings to the table as far as like a ton of fans wanting to see Logan Paul fight him. But, uh, you know, from my standpoint, I, I just think that, you know, these uh, these guys who just want to, you know, continue to just, you know, jet towards the Logan Paul thing or the or the Jake Paul thing. Um, yeah, man, I, I really hope that they're sure that they go and, uh, and, and finish the job now, because as we saw with Floyd, like, yeah, it was gimmicky. He was a lot lighter than Logan Paul, but he wasn't able to, to put him away. I thought that he won the boxing match, but we, uh, you know, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to beat him until a ref pulled him off of him and he didn't. So, you know, but look, man, I hope that, uh, I hope Rashad goes out there and, uh, you know, gets something creative and get something cool to do but neither one of those really jump off the page to me as uh, as fights i'm crazy interested in seeing that's our show for this week everybody thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.